It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. 11 forward, seven defensemen for the Edmontonians tonight for the second consecutive game as they shoot one into the Sharks' end. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got it back to the point. A quick shot, tip score. That was a shot from the right point by Edmonton. Evan Bouchard, their number one draft pick from a couple of years ago, kept that one on the ice. And I think that got tipped in front with Warren Fogle in front of the net. He might get credit for the goal, but the Oilers lead 1-0. I think so. I thought, you know, I thought our legs were good in the first seven, eight, nine shifts of the period. And, you know, I thought that uh, um, had a little adrenaline. But uh, as, as the game went on, I think that uh, you could see there wasn't a lot of uh, um, sharpness to our game. And, uh, and that's the worry after being on a break that long. But um, you got to find ways at this time of year, and there's no excuses. Um, those are big points we let go. Um, you know, I thought through the first two periods, analytically, I mean, I think the chances were 4 to us. I think they scored up both their chances, which were sifters with tips and traffic. And the only thing I'd say is they got inside us at our net a little bit too early. Um, but. Uh, no, I like the way we played defensively for the first 40 minutes. Obviously, a third's a different story when we're opening it up and, uh, um, you know, I down 2 nothing. But, um, you know, it just it wasn't good enough. It's uh, it's not good enough. you you got to find ways to uh, scrape points together this time of year. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Morning Tide. It's been a little bit, obviously, with that break in the schedule that had the Sharks off of the ice for a bit. But uh, we got to see them back out there last night, and it was a... An incomplete game from the San Jose Sharks. I think that's the best way to put it is they did enough to get themselves into the game. But beyond that, it was really a night of what I feel like was missed opportunities because they played a decent game in the sense that, you know, you're only down two nothing going into the third period. And I feel like if you've only given up two goals in the first two periods, you should be in a position to win. But more on that in a second. Let's take a look at the overall standings as we get ready for these final 35 now games after one last night the sharks are now in seventh in the pacific 22 wins 21 losses and four overtime losses 48 points in the year two back of vancouver five back of edmonton now seven back of anaheim in fourth and la in third 10 back of Calgary and 11 back of Las Vegas. So the Sharks, again, it's not like they're completely out of it, but with the teams that made up games, they still find themselves uh, not able to gain any ground in that sense. 
although they do have games in hand on some of the teams now in the division, uh, including Vancouver, as well as Anaheim and Vegas. So that's something to pay attention to as the Sharks go forward. Uh, if we then switch to the wild card standings, the Sharks have dropped to seventh there, 48 points. That has them seven points back of Anaheim for the second wild card spot. So the Sharks obviously have their uh, have their work to do, but with the remainder of the February schedule, the majority of these games, all but one being at home, the Sharks still do have their opportunities. But I'm, I'm going to start off right now with why I am concerned about the San Jose Sharks because it's hard for me to not make parallels to what we saw last year. And that's, listen, I know this is a different team. I know this is a different season. I know that it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But if we talk about the San Jose Sharks last year, they did their work to keep themselves in the hunt until suddenly they were not. And it was an eight-game losing streak, and it was just kind of a, you know, one end of the spectrum to the other from the Sharks being in the hunt to rapidly being out of the hunt and happened over the course of a couple of weeks. And I think we're all shocked that it happened as quickly as it did. Maybe it was a little bit more of a correction. The Sharks shouldn't have been able to hang around as long as they did overall. But, you know, last year when they fell out of it, they fell out of it. And if we look at what the Sharks have done up to this point of the season, I think now four in a row winless. I think that's their longest winless streak of the season. Um, Obviously, there have been some overtime losses in there as well, so they have been able to garner points. But they're not racking up wins now for four straight games. That last win they had uh, in the month of January against Washington on the 26th, I mean, that feels like a long time ago right now, and they missed out on opportunities against Florida, against Carolina, against Tampa, and yes, there was the short-term consideration of being happy to get points, but you know, now suddenly you're looking a lot more at those missed opportunities, and you're looking at the sense of, ooh, you know, these, the, these standings are starting to get a little bit more stretched than they were, and these teams that were making up games while the Sharks were off, you know, they have passed the Sharks, and you know, I think that the Sharks still have a golden opportunity in front of them, but I just... I remember how quickly it happened last year. I remember the Sharks were in contention for a playoff spot and then boom, eight losses in a row. You didn't even want to have that conversation anymore. And I think that that's got to be part of what is maybe going through, you know, Logan Couture's head right now and Bob Bugner's head. And I don't think everybody should be thinking about it. I don't think they should be obsessed with that. But I think that the leadership group of the San Jose Sharks have to be thinking, okay, What can we do to avoid what happened last year? And also you have to take into consideration that, you know, they are being watched by the team, uh, you know, upper management to figure out what they're going to do with the trade deadline over the course of the next five weeks or so up until the deadline. And I think that that's, I don't think it's weighing on everybody's mind, but I think they all know what's going on. They all know the reality of the situation and watching this winless streak continue it reminds you that the Sharks need to get back in a good way fast because things can go awry in a real hurry. You know, they've got Vancouver coming up on Thursday night. This is a team that I think the Sharks should beat. That's no knock on Vancouver. I just think the Sharks at home should be able to beat them. And they've got a really tough challenge coming up on, you know, Monday or excuse me, Sunday with Vegas being at home. Then it's going to be Anaheim on the road. Then you've got the Islanders at home, Boston at home, and Seattle home to finish off the month. And the fact that you didn't start off this stretch of seven games with a win kind of doesn't put you behind the eight ball, but it doesn't make you feel particularly good right now. And I thought the Sharks had a good chance to get some points last night. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that you look at the game last night is the Sharks 
were not egregiously bad. They were not having one of their worst performances of the year. I just thought they committed many of the sins that they have committed in other games this year where they simply not necessarily, you know, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot like they did in some games because it's a 2 nothing game heading into the third and you, you like that. And then the second period, they had some huge penalty kills and they, you know, were doing some good things in that sense. But, you know, when you take that many penalties and when you do find yourself at a disadvantage and you are, you know, burning energy and not being able to create offensive chances that are going to lead to goals like second and third opportunities. I mean, how many times did we see the Sharks enter the zone and then make a bad pass that turned it over or just get a one look and then back going the other way? And, you know, Edmonton obviously has some speed so the game can flip on its head a real hurry. You know, you thought you were going forward on offense and then you're facing an odd man rush. And it was just, it was one of those nights where I felt every time the Sharks were able to get something good going, they made mistakes that put themselves on the defensive very, very quickly. And you can't do that against a team like Edmonton as inconsistent as they have been. They do have speed. They do have some remarkable talent out there. It's a team that I think has the potential to find themselves and be very, very dangerous and be more in line with the team that we thought they were going to be back at the start of the season. And so when you're facing that type of a, of an opponent, you just simply can't turn the puck over like that. You can't enter the zone and then just give it away. And you can't have trouble on the breakout and you can't have turnovers at the blue line and on and on and on. The Sharks did all the things that Bob Bugner constantly, you know, tells them not to do. They tried to make home run passes. They were making no look passes and throwing it just, you know, high into the slot, you know, kind of hoping and praying for somebody to be there. And then suddenly Edmonton's got the puck back and they're bringing it the other direction. And, you know, it just felt like they couldn't really garner up the type of shot selection that they wanted. They never felt like they were in a good position to take shots on the rare opportunities. They did get some rebounds. And, you know, you waste these opportunities to win games. Because, again, if your goalie and in Reimer, I thought that, you know, the, the two goals he had given up heading into the third period, I didn't have any problem with in the slightest. That's just how, you know, the game's going to go sometimes. But you're down 2 nothing, or you've only given up two goals going into the third you should be in a winnable situation, and the Sharks were not in a winnable situation. They were not in a position to go out there and get two points. They were in a tough position entering the third down two nothing to garner even one point, and so it's just these these problems, you know, keep on rearing their heads, and it's the offensive problems. The defense for the Sharks continues to be solid. You know, Edmonton, they're not world beaters up to this point of the season, but they obviously have some very very clear weapons. And the Sharks did a decent job of handling those. And, you know, you come out, you know, you enter the first period, you're out shooting the opposition, you're generating shots, you don't get any goals. And then kind of against the flow of the game at that point, Edmonton's able to score a couple of goals. And I think, and we even heard Bob Ugner talk about this after the game, but it did deflate the Sharks a bit. I think that you could see their momentum and their kind of overall vibe kind of deflate. And that's another thing that can't happen. I mean, I understand why it does happen, but when you're watching it in the moment from, from my perspective at the top of the building, you know, you, you see that momentum kind of die down you see the, the, the overall, the wind being taken out of the sails and that's, you can't let that happen. You can't be done in by the fact that you're playing the better game in the first, you know, 10 minutes, but find yourself on the back end of a uh, two, nothing scoreline. And I just felt like the Sharks, as we've seen it a couple of times this year, where even if they are the better team at the start, if they give up those goals, they do get deflated. And it's overall the importance of why we've talked about it so many times this year, why the Sharks need to get that early goal. I mean, if we go back to that game against Washington, their last win, what did they do in that game? They scored first. Who did they get goals from? Depth players like a Noah Gregor or Jonathan Dolan. 
And they didn't get any of that last night. And, you know, so much of the Sharks has been developing their identity this year. And it feels like in a loss like last night, 3 nothing, you did a lot of things right. You know, if you're only giving up two goals entering the third and you only lose by a final of 3 to nothing after the game has opened up in the third and you're trying to create more opportunities, that's not necessarily a bad place to be. The problem therein is that you're simply not getting the offensive chances to win. You're not getting the high-quality looks. I think it was 11-10 in shots after the first period and then like 25 to 12 or 13 after the second period. And I know that's because the Sharks were on the kill a lot and they put themselves in a bad position. But, you know, you needed that bounce back in the second period stronger than, you know, it it was. You needed to find a goal in the second period. You needed to have that deficit. You needed to make it a 2-1 game at least heading into the third period. Instead, it's still 2-0. You didn't make any sort of comeback. You didn't get yourself back into the game. And now you've got 20 minutes on the clock to what? Score three goals when your offense hasn't been able to do hardly anything? That's that's not going to do it. And the offense has been the bugaboo for the Sharks all year long. Even as they've gotten better on defense. Even as they've been a more consistent team. Even as they've put together good efforts. And the thing is, you know, I, I know after the game last night, Bob Bugner talked about it needing to be a better effort. And, you know, the Sharks talked about, you know, the rust being there for the first period. At least Logan Couture said, yeah, it may have been there initially, but after that, you're in the flow of the game. It's not really as much of a factor. But, you know, it's it's not rust, in my opinion. It's just the reality for a team that doesn't score a lot of goals that when you are less than perfect on the defensive end and do not give yourself the best opportunities to score goals, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you, and it cost the Sharks last night, and it's something that worries me because you're running out of time. You're on your longest winless stretch of the season. Again, that's my off the top of my head. I have not confirmed that, but I believe that's accurate. And you're just simply not finding the back of the net. And that has been more and more of a consistent factor over these most recent games is that the offense isn't there. The defense is good. You're giving yourself opportunities to stay in games but you're not taking advantage of the opportunities to win games. And as you get later in the year, as you get deeper into the season and your hole that you're looking at in terms of the playoff gets a little bit deeper, I think guys start to you know press a little bit more. I think guys start to try and grip and you know maybe it comes a little bit more into their head. I mean, I think you know last night I thought I saw a little bit of hesitation from Jonathan Dolan. I thought I saw a little bit of hesitation from Noah Gregor. I thought I saw a little bit of hesitation from a lot of guys all over the ice and I tell you what also you feel right now and that you were riding some emotion on that road trip, but you definitely feel the absence of Eric Carlson. You also feel the absence of Kevin LeBanc. The deeper and deeper you get into the season and you're without, you know, a guy you were assuming would be a consistent goal scoring threat and playmaker. You know, he hasn't been out there for a long time. You hope he's back out there on the ice sooner rather than later. I know that in his update with the media, acting general manager Joe Wills said that LeBanc was, you know, doing well and recovering well, and you'll hope that he'll be out there sooner rather than later, but you know, he's not going to come in and save things against Vancouver on Thursday night. He's not going to be the guy that rescues the season. Obviously you are, you know, a ways away from Eric Carlson getting back out there on the ice and, you know, Rudolph Balsers having to leave the game last night, that didn't help your offense either. And so, you know, you need other guys to step up. You need Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Brent Burns. You need these guys to score goals. But you also need, again, the Noah Gregors, the Jonathan Dolans, you know, the Coglianos, the Nick Boninos. You need all these guys to be more contributing factors on offense because the, the problem isn't the defense. You know, in the grand scheme of things, losing a game in which you only give up three goals is not a huge problem for me. It's the fact that you are not generating offense on the other side to give yourself a chance to win the games. I mean, that's 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 the part 
of, of the game with Church for the Sharks. You know, you can break the game up into you know, three sections, offense, defense, and special teams. It, you know, it's just the Sharks are only doing one of the three things. The offense isn't there. The special teams isn't there. You had opportunities on the power play last night. You had chances to get yourself on, into the game, and you just you weren't able to consistently, you know, make the threat on offense. And you look at the way the forecheck was going last night. It was like a good forecheck that they couldn't sustain or a good offensive entry. And then you couldn't hold on to it and keep the puck in the zone. You know, there were just little things like that over and over. It was like you did the legwork to get yourself in a good position and then you couldn't make good on it. That is very, very deflating. And I know that there was a bit of a disagreement between what Bob Bugner said about the growing frustrations about the Sharks' offensive chances over the course of the game. And then, you know, Logan Couture said he didn't think that was the case. I mean, I, I, I side with Bob Bugner in this one. Not that I think this is some team argument, but I, I think you could see the Sharks growing frustrated that they weren't finding the back of the net, that, you know, you did see some incredible saves made and some big stops. And, you know, but here's the thing. All year long, the Sharks have been on the wrong end of a great performance from a goalie. You know, too many times you've seen a guy stand on their head or make huge stops at the biggest moments. And, you know, when the Sharks were, as Drew Remenda likes to say, the sexy Sharks of, uh, you know, half a decade ago, that didn't happen because your high-level talent was putting the puck in the back of the net and didn't give the goalie the opportunities to stand on their heads as often. You were able to create more offensive opportunities that were of a higher danger nature. And that's, that's the difference. I mean, right now, the Sharks have to play nearly perfect to get wins, whereas before they were so talented, you didn't have to play nearly perfect. You were just better than the opposition, and you had a really good team, and you had a really good system, and you had a really good everything. You know, right now, the Sharks do have a good system. It's one that's giving themselves opportunities to win games when they do everything right. And I think that that's not Bob Bugner's problem. That's Bob Bugner is doing his job to give this team a chance to win. It's just there is a stark reality when the Sharks go out there on the ice. They do not have the depth on offense to give themselves a fighting chance in each and every game. And I think it becomes more and more obvious the deeper we get into the season and the more and more we see the exact same problem happen with the Sharks. The defense is there. The goalie is there. The offense isn't there. Or the special teams isn't there. However you want to look at it. But that's the power play. To me, you know, the kill was good last night, but if you're going to kill four penalties and get four opportunities on the power play of your own, you need to bag them. You need to put one in the back of the net at the very least. I mean, that's the thing is that if chances are there, you got to bury them because the sharks are not good enough offensively to otherwise make up for it. And again, it's this stark reality that we see rearing its head. And we've seen 47 games now to know that the sharks have good goaltending. The sharks have good defense. The Sharks have a good penalty kill. They do not have a good power play. They do not have a good overall offense. And that is the issue game after game after game after game. And there's only so much you can say about that. We, we all see it. This, this isn't going to suddenly change overnight. The reality is what the reality is. Yes, guys can step up. Guys can have a better finish to the season. I, and I 100% expect that to happen because I think that you need guys to step up. And that's what these guys are getting paid the money for. That's why they've been, you know, all-stars and, you know, MVP caliber players. They've been in these types of situations before. And I do think there can be an improvement. But I think also you have to look at the stats. You have to look at what you've seen over the last 47 games. You have to look at the parallels to last year in terms of offensive production and the problems on the power play and recognize that a lot of the same issues still exist. A lot of the same problems are still there for the San Jose Sharks team. They're not going anywhere either. 
that's not to say they can't be corrected, but it is on those guys who are out there on the ice to correct them. They've got to play a better game. They've got to play a cleaner game. They've got to do, again, whatever it takes to be close to perfect to give themselves a win. And that's a tough job for any team to do, but that's just where the offensive talent level is right now. And, you know, the the, the sick part about this for me is that you, you, you like this more than it would be if you were getting blown out. I mean, last year there were too many games where the Sharks were up one nothing early and then would give up like three and four consecutive goals and just be out of it. This version of the Sharks that we watch is not nearly as frustrating. It's not nearly as deflating as it was last year, but uh, you do see the problem. I mean, it's game after game after game. The offense isn't good enough. The offense isn't good enough. The offense isn't good enough, which is why when we're watching the game, we see them make bad passes, turnovers, not get good looks, not get second and third opportunities on one possession. You know that that's going to hurt you later on in the game, and then Boom, lo and behold, late in the game, you're down 3 nothing, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, the Sharks have to score four goals in five minutes here to give themselves a chance to get a point or two points or score three to get one point. I have seen last night's game before this year many, many times. Very familiar with what was out there on the ice. My hope, though, is that it's one game, the Sharks put it behind themselves, and they come out with a better offensive effort on Thursday night against, again, what I consider a better team in Vancouver. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get into some of that post-game reaction on the other side. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. It didn't feel at that point like a 2 nothing game, to be honest with you, and I think we got more frustrated as the game went on. I mean, again, they didn't have great chances, um, you know, the first 40 minutes. Um, you know, I guess the highlight of our, you know, one good thing about our game, I thought we did a really good job on our penalty kill. I thought we did a decent job defensively, except for, you know, them getting inside us in the first two goals. There's really nothing to it. Um, but uh, we just couldn't generate any offense tonight. We were just, we looked like the more we tried, the worse we got. And, uh, you know, you saw me trying to juggle lines and trying to get something going. Nothing worked. Um, you know, our power play uh, had a few looks. Um, we had a couple one on O's in the third period where we could have made it 2 1 and, and we didn't capitalize. But um, yeah, it just wasn't a game that uh, I felt we were, uh, um, we're, we ever looked sharp offensively. That's head coach Bob Bugner bringing us back in on morning tide. And he's right. I, I don't think the team did look sharp offensively. I thought that the, the effort was still there on defense. And I thought you saw some. Some shot blocking. I thought you saw some nice defensive play. I think one of my favorite plays of the night was Nick Benino with a nice, you know, pocket picking from behind and just did, you know, the Sharks did their normal thing on defense. The Sharks are a tough team to play against. I think if you asked any of the teams that have played the Sharks this year, they would say they don't like playing them because the Sharks are a hard nosed team. They're tough to play against, but that doesn't mean that the Sharks are good. And that's, that's the big difference. The Sharks right now are a team that is relatively middling and they have not been able to find that consistent flow on offense, which is keeping them from being a more complete team. Complete teams are good. I mean, that's the difference between the Sharks and other upper echelon teams in the NHL this year. The Sharks are not a complete team. They're good on defense. 
Their goalie is good. Their their penalty kill is good. The power play and the offense aren't there. You know, they're only doing certain aspects of what it takes to win in the NHL. And so when you don't get those goals and you find yourself on the wrong end of a 2-0 scoreline after the first period, even if you were the better team early, you do feel a little bit of that wind being taken out of your sails. But, you know, even though Bob Bugner put it that way, that's not the way Cooch saw it, even though, you know, I, I think that is the way I saw it. But I think the pride is such with Logan Couture that he didn't feel, or at least he personally didn't feel like he was deflated despite the scoreline. No, I don't think so. I thought we still had really good looks. I mean, maybe two breakaways in that third. Breakaway in the first. Um, some really good looks throughout the game. So maybe frustration or not finishing on our chances, even though we had 20-some shots. We didn't shoot the puck enough. I couldn't sense a ton of frustration, though. Maybe just that the puck wasn't going in. And I think the difference between the two takes is that, you know, Couture and his teammates were not conceding anything out there on the ice. And I think that's, you know, how he was maybe taking the question. But with Bugner, like he alluded to, he said that, you know, the, the harder they tried, the more mistakes they made. And that as they fell behind and they tried to create opportunities to get themselves back into the game, they did turn the puck over. And they did do, you know, some of those things that Bob has talked about time and time again this year, the you know, make the double and single passes, not the home run pass. And I think the Sharks too many times, blind passes, going nowhere, a hope and a prayer, just trying to create something out of nothing because there was a sense of growing frustration on the offensive side of things that it was going to take a miracle. And so when you start seeing a miracle is what it's going to take, you start trying to make a miracle happen. And I, I don't blame them for that. I just think it was very evident to see what was happening out there on the ice. I think from Logan, he doesn't, He's not going to say, hey, we were you know, just frustrated and trying to do nothing. I think that Bugner was saying, no, there was the effort, but it just, you know, you needed to be better in terms of what you were doing. And, you know, because nothing was going in, you try to create something out of nothing. You try to force things. I mean, listen, it, this is not singular to the Sharks, the game of hockey or, you know, sports. In any aspect of life, when things aren't working, there can be a sense of desperation or the need to try things that might not be the most highly advisable moments just because you want to give yourself a chance for success. That's what the Sharks did last night and didn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have to be. I think that, uh, um, you know, we got to get our we got to get our game back, a little more meat and potatoes. I thought that uh, we tried to be a little too fancy at times. We turned the puck over too many times in the first period, in the first, you know, probably 25, 30 minutes of the game, I thought we turned the puck over too many times. And when we did dump it, we, you know, the goalie came out and played a lot of the dumps, so we couldn't sustain a four check. Um, you know, and then when we finally got possession, we weren't moving our feet out of the corners, and we were throwing a lot of blind passes to the slot. And uh, it just doesn't allow you to have any kind of, uh, um, you know, seconds and third opportunities, and, and it doesn't make the other team defend and tire them out. It felt like we were just uh, one and done all game. That's Bugner on what the Sharks did poorly last night and what they need to clean up on going into that game against Vancouver on Thursday night, which is shaping up as a bigger and bigger game the closer we get to it because the schedule isn't getting any easier. You're going to be taking on Vegas. You're going to be going to Anaheim. You are going to be dealing with tough teams. You've got the Islanders. You've got Boston. You've got Seattle again, who you've not yet been able to register a win against. I mean, that that game last night, again, it's not a deciding game by any means. It just felt like you wanted to get momentum. You wanted to get a win. You wanted to get this home standoff or these six of seven at home off on the right foot. 
and the Sharks were unable to do so. And instead, it was an encapsulation of a of a game we've seen so many times this year played by the Sharks, where the defense was good and the offense wasn't there, and you had a good performance from your goalie, but simply you were going to be on the wrong end of the score when the night was all over. And that's that's exactly what it was. But you know, the game Thursday night against Vancouver, Sharks need a win in a bad way. You're now four in a row without a win. You have been able to get points in you know, three out of your last five games, which I, I suppose is good. But right now, the Sharks need a big-time response. Now, it's something I was talking about with Shalena Goldman of NHL.com yesterday on the buildup, but the thing about this Sharks team, and much to their credit and much to the way that they've put themselves in these situations, they have been able to respond when they've needed to. You know, they come back from a, a drubbing 7-1 at the hands of Tampa, and they come back with a win against Washington. And they have a good road trip in which they get four out of eight points. It's not exactly the same heading into this game against Vancouver, but the Sharks needed to have a better effort last night. They were unable to do so, and so they've got to clean that up against Vancouver, which again is looking more and more like a big, big game because you don't want things to snowball. While there have been some overtime losses in the last five games and you have been able to get points again in three of the last five, you're still looking to this as saying, hey, it's four games in a row now that you haven't gotten a win. And right now, with things getting more leveled out in the conferences and teams having made up their games that they were without, it gets a little bit more real. It gets a little bit more accurate in terms of where the Sharks are. They you know, were passed up in the standings while they were on the break. They are still most definitely in the hunt, but you know, the pressure's on now. It's not a nice start. It's not a cute Sharks team. It's not you know, that the Sharks have beat expectations. Now, with the weight of the expectations that they've given themselves to stay in the hunt, as they get deeper and deeper in the year comes the reality of staying in the hunt. And last night's loss, I think, kind of was a blow. But that means that Thursday night's game against Vancouver is that much bigger. And I think the Sharks, again, they've been good at responding this year. When their backs are against the wall, they've come up with some really good performances. And I think that if you can get back to that style of game that they were playing on the road trip, even if it only netted you one win out of those four games, it was still more chances created on offense. It was still solid defense. It was still putting yourselves in a chance to win games. That was the difference between the Sharks in the four games leading up to the break versus the Sharks in the one game after the break. Last night, they did not do much in the way of giving themselves a chance to win, only in that they were only down 2 nothing heading into the third and final period. We are out of time. That wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. We'll, we will be back with you Friday morning after the Sharks take on Vancouver. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Here's a long pass ahead. Pudu Yarby across the line, drop pass CC. Shot save. Another save by Reimer on the rebound. And he's able to hang on. Two good stops by James Reimer, the second one off the stick of Zach Hyman. And play is called with 10.42 left in period number one.